Happy Fourth of July. I'm uh, deeply blessed and I'm deeply uh, proud to be an American. God bless the United States of America. You know, I wanted to read. Uh, how many of you know that the Star Spangled Banner has really four verses? We sing one and most people have never heard any of the other verses. Uh, I encourage you in this day and age of technology to Google it and, and see the power uh, of those words and understand a little bit about the history in the background because most people don't have any idea what was going on uh, when that song was written and they don't know there were uh, other verses, but I want to read to you uh, the first and the last. Oh, say, can you see by dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose bright stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare, the bomb's bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does the star-spangled banner yet wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave? Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and war's desolation, blessed with victory and peace, May the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us as a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause is just. And this be our motto, in God we trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave. Powerful. I've entitled my message today, The Land of the Free and the Home of the Brave. Pray with me. Father, we are a blessed nation. We are a most blessed people. And to whom much is given... Much is required. Almighty God, grant us the bravery and the courage and the grace in your spirit to continue on, to declare, to fight, to influence that we might remain the land of the free and the home of the brave. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. For all of us this weekend, we're going to remember and we're going to celebrate the Declaration of Independence. Our nation was built upon this belief. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In all reality, the Christian faith is built upon the same premise. Jesus Christ signed and sealed His declaration of independence at the cross of Calvary. 
as Americans and as a nation, this weekend we will celebrate our freedom. And as Christians, this weekend we can celebrate our freedom. When I think of this whole idea of freedom, especially in regard to spiritual freedom, I think of the entire scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, but I think of two in particular. The first I'd like to highlight today is one that's very familiar to all of us. It's John chapter 10, verse 10, and it says this, The thief or the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy. And then our precious and wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, says, But I have come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. They may be the land of the free and the home of the brave. And then in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, John says this, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's our faith. When I think of the 4th of July in the United States of America, and I think of Christianity, there are five truths about freedom that come to my mind. I know there's more. This is not an exhaustive list. But today, may I highlight these five and get you thinking not only about the great land of America, the great... Uh, United States of America, but also about Christianity, about our spiritual freedom and about our faith. And here are the five that I'd like you to ponder with me today. Number one, freedom has enemies. Freedom has enemies. And as Americans and as Christians, we can never forget this. It's easy to forget it when we're not fighting like they did before and everything seems to be comfortable when we live in a choice city and life seems to be good and, and spiritually sometimes we forget that. But freedom always has enemies. And in regard to spiritual freedom, we have three very uh, strong and, and, and profound and powerful enemies. Number one, we have Satan, Lucifer, the devil. We don't like to talk about that, but he is an enemy and we... No, we live in a political day today where there's some rhetoric, whether you, you call uh, certain people radical Islamists or not. But the reality is, I get by the grace of God to declare to you that we do have an enemy, and his name is Satan, his name is Lucifer, is evil, it's the demonic world. The second enemy that we have is our flesh, our carnal nature. Uh, the Bible calls it an old man that's ruled by sin and, and selfishness and self-agenda. That's an enemy that we fight in the spiritual realm. And third, it's the philosophies and the beliefs and the religions that deny and are void of the truth that there is no other name under heaven by which men shall be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 20. But the name of Jesus Christ. Those, my friends, are the enemies that, uh, against our freedom, the enemy, our flesh, and the philosophies of the current age. Number two, freedom must become a priority goal to be obtained. How many of you have achieved or obtained something really great and good in life simply by chance? It happens once in a while, but seldom. In all reality, it must be wanted. 
and sought after and fought for and prioritized, prioritized and sacrificed. It needs to become a goal. The reality is just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're walking in spiritual freedom. There are strongholds and ways of thinking and and habits and activities and actions that bind up the Christian believer. And so I want to encourage you today, it needs to be a priority goal. No matter how long you've been in the faith or not, or maybe you're not even in the faith, the reality is to be spiritually free, it must be a goal that you want, you're praying for, you're seeking, you're involved in a a men's study so that you can have that accountability because the enemy wants to steal your spiritual freedom. It needs to be a priority goal. Number three, freedom requires a battle. Because of number one, because we do have enemy We have a battle or battles that we need to fight. Let me ask you a question this morning as we're contemplating. How are you doing in the battle? How are you doing in the battle against the enemy, the evil one, the dark world, the temptations? How are you doing in regard to limiting your carnal nature, your flesh, your selfish ideas and agenda? How are you doing in, in being different than the world? I told you the church means to be called out ones. How are you doing? How am I doing in the battle of the world philosophies that are saying, think like us, act like us, live like us? The reality is freedom requires a battle. It doesn't come natural. It doesn't come easy. Number four, freedom always comes with a price to be paid. How many of you have ever heard that saying, freedom isn't free? Did you know that's true? And in regard to our spiritual freedom, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean then it's free. Because you know what Jesus said about freedom? He said, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. You're going to be in bondage. But if you lose your life, you'll gain it. To gain freedom. The only way to really fight the battle and win for spiritual freedom is to deny yourself. Tell me apart from church, where do you hear that? The media is not going to tell you that. Advertisement is going to not tell you that. The world philosophy is not going to tell you that. They're going to say it's all about you. Go for your hopes. Go for your dreams. Get all the possessions you can. Climb the ladder. Get the reputation that you want. Jesus said, if you want to be spiritually free, you want to be my disciples, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and become nothing. Tell me where else on planet Earth you're going to hear that message except in the church. Freedom, spiritual freedom isn't free. It costs us a big price. And number five, Freedom requires bravery and courage. Freedom obtained isn't for the weak or the cowardly. The characteristics of bravery and courage are absolutely required to gain freedom. I don't know about you, but I need to continue to pray that God would give me great and greater bravery and courage. Like a lot, I've been in the faith a long time, and I've told you this. Man, I've fought many a battle, individually and collectively. And 
Man, we've won some big battles. Man, we've won some big battles. Man, some battles, man, there's been a lot of uh, tragedy. There's been loss. There's been wound. And sometimes as I get a little older and fight in the battle, I just go, I'm tired. It's cost me a lot. Cost you a lot. And if I'm not careful, I can fall prey to one of those enemies and go, you know what? You know, I made Kathy. I thought we last week I told you we made one hundred and eighty two dollars in the garage sale and I considered retirement. And I'm glad I didn't because she corrected me. She was in Dallas. We made one hundred and twelve (laughs) dollars. So if I would have retired, that sixty dollars made a big difference. There is no retirement. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't be retired. I'm saying we're going to need to continue to have great bravery and courage to hold on to our spiritual freedom. Now, I want to talk about some requirements that I think are important to gain and ensure spiritual freedom. And what I'd like to encourage you to do, if if you're really uh, wanting to grow in and with this message, I almost did it for you, and I said, no, I'm, I'm going to allow them if they want. I've got several points here, and I would encourage you to take every one of those points, those eight points, and go to your Bible, open your Bible, and see if you can find a scripture or several scriptures that fit with each of my eight points. Because they're there. And rather than me feed you or give the, those to you, I'm going to give you an, an opportunity and a challenge to take this outline and use it as a Bible study, maybe you or if you're married with your husband or wife or maybe with your kids or maybe a small group or something and take these eight points and see if you can't come up with two or three Bible passages that emphasize the point that I want to make. Whether you want to do that or not, that gives you an opportunity. So required items to gain and ensure spiritual freedom, first of all, is purpose. Purpose. God creates things, item, and people with purpose in mind. The purpose of freedom, listen to me, is freedom. I thought somebody said amen. Well, I I guess I understand. Right then I just exhibited that I'm a great theologian and scholar. Because that just startled you. You didn't know how to respond to what I just said. The purpose of freedom is freedom. Thank you. That wasn't too difficult, was it? Are we all on the same page? It's 4th of July. I know. I know hamburgers are waiting. Okay? I know that. But but stay with me. The purpose of spiritual freedom is to set us free. The Bible makes it emphatically clear. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a person in here or a person you come in contact with that's a human being that the Bible doesn't say they were born as a prisoner of the enemy, of their own flesh, and the philosophies of this world. And so the purpose of spiritual freedom is to rescue you from that prisoner state so that you can have an authentic and and viable relationship with Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ. There's a purpose in freedom. It's to be free. And we need to remember that, especially in regard to our spiritual life. Number two, there's a mission involved with that. 
Freedom is really not enjoyed and appreciated so much until it's shared. We want to share that. Freedom is such a great blessing. We in America so believe and have experienced the blessings of freedom, we want to share it with others. We want to share it with our world. We believe in freedom. As Christians and as Connections Church, our mission should be to spread the message of spiritual freedom. Thank you. A couple people are with me now. All right, now we're getting going. I feel there's some motivation, some energy that's starting to build. Do you feel it? It's like a wave. Here it comes. <laughs> You're with me now, right? That's our mission. As a Christian and as a church, it's our job, our mission to advance the cause of spiritual freedom. Matthew 28 says what? Go ye therefore. It didn't say come to my church. Jesus didn't say, come to my little gathering, my little club. He says to his disciples, go, share my message of spiritual freedom. Paul says it also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. He says, we Christians are ambassadors for God as though he was making our, his appeal through us to a lost world. Be reconciled to God. Be spiritually free. Freedom requires purpose and mission. Number three, authority. For a lot of reasons, authority is ignored, it's avoided, and it's seen as a negative word in our culture. People don't like authority. Authority to them is, is negative and controlling. But my friend, if if it's ignored and avoided and seen as negative, it's to our own detriment. It's sad and it's dangerous to not understand the authority that God has placed in this world and in the church. So how do you view authority? First of all, God's authority. It says to submit us ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We all know that we're supposed to be under His authority, but the point is, it's not what we know, it's what we apply. It's what we practice. And so I always have to be asking myself that question. And then read Romans 13 about being under authority of the laws and the rules, if you will, of our city, of our state, of our nation. There are rules, and some of them you don't like, but, but God has established authority. Now, we could spend a whole time discussing or arguing over that, but you still have to read Romans 13. It's still part of the Bible. And I don't have time to go preach too much, but I'd like to talk about church authority. You don't hear about it anymore. Read Hebrews 13. It says to the believer, submit to the authority that God's placed in your life, for they will have to give an account for your soul. You know what? We do not believe in church authority today. The preacher is the nice old guy that comes and wears an orange shirt on the 4th of July and tells us the purpose of freedom. He's a theologian and a scholar. And he's there, and, and we pat him on the head, and we pay him to do the work and to be there in crisis. American Christianity has misunderstood and ignored and to their own peril misunderstood church authority. 
And if you know me, I stay away from that like most preachers because you don't want to, you know, you don't think I'm going to be a, a dictator. And we've taken the thing so far. Do you know that I will stand before Almighty God and He'll ask me about your life? Read Hebrews 13 if you're a part of this church. I will have to give an account for you. You know me. Those of you who've been here a long time, I'm not asking you, you know, I'm the authority here. It's not the way I am. But let's understand the power and the authority of the Christian church. The church. That's why people don't come. Is they don't want that authority. But there's authority in the church of Jesus Christ. And we need to adapt that if we're going to continue to advance the cause of spiritual freedom. You ready for me to get off that one? <laughs> Can you just go on? I mean, that one I don't really like. For training. Any soldier or army who takes lightly their uh, need for training will place themselves and others in harm's way and in jeopardy. Listen to me. All three of our enemies that I spoke about are strong and they're trained. They've been doing this a long, long time. They've taken down the greatest of men and the greatest of women in all of human history. We must be trained to fight the battle and to advance the cause of freedom. Why do you come to your church? Why do you read your Bible? It's to be trained for the battle so that you can advance the cause of freedom. We can be the land of the free and the home of the brave. So don't misunderstand. You need to continue to be trained by the Word of God. Be trained by what happens in the, in the local assembly. To Be trained as you... Follow the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need training. And we're not fully trained. I'm still not yet fully trained. I'm still here. I'm still in the battle. Number five, weaponry. Even a well-trained army will have little chance of victory without proper and powerful weaponry. Do you know what weapons? Have you been trained to use those weapons? It's the Word of God. Are you trained? Do you know it's a weapon? Do you know how to use that against the battle and the enemy, your flesh, and the philosophies of the world? It's the Holy Spirit listening and, and following and obeying and pr His promptings. That's a weapon. How about the gift that God gave you? In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, He said He gave every Christian a gift. If you don't know what your gift is, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 14, Ephesians 4. We fight the battle against the enemy and our flesh and the world philosophies by understanding and utilizing our spiritual gifts. What about the armament that is listed by Paul in Ephesians chapter 6? Do you know how to put on the full armor of God? You are in battle. And we have unity, the unity of the faith, unity of the body of Christ. And we have faith. We saw that in First John, John chapter 5, that this is what overcomes the world, even our faith. My friends, we've got to be trained, and we also have to be trained to know what our weapons are and how to use them so that we can continue to win the battle and advance the cause of freedom in our lives, in, uh, in our communities, in our nation, in our world. Six, responsibility. The precious men and women who've gone before us and that have fought and died and have served in active military, they took an oath to fulfill a responsibility. 
And they took that extremely serious, even to the point of somebody having to give their life. My friends, when you and I signed up and said yes to Jesus Christ to come into our heart to be Lord and personal Savior, we took an oath to our responsibility to live for Him, to love, to share, to go into our world and advance the cause of freedom and liberty. We need to come back and make sure we prioritize it's our responsibility. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about us. It's about each other. It's not about my personal freedom. It's about our freedom together spiritually. Seven, team. Any soldier who believes he can defeat an army simply by himself is either delusional, psychotic, or just simply foolish. We need each other. We need team. We need other Christians. We need the church. We need the family of faith. We need other brothers. Thank you, Rod Wilson, for being a great brother in my life. What Rod did is I didn't come and say, can we start a church program, Rod? You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try to bring, build machinery so we can do more church activities. What I'm hoping you'll do is be praying and on your knees and saying, God, what do I do? And Rod says, I think we have a need and an opportunity to gather some men on, on a Wednesday morning and gather in fellowship. We need each other. We need to love on each other, grow together, help each other. More than saying hi on Sunday morning, we don't even know their name. We don't know their story. We can't stand in battle shoulder to shoulder, back to back, and fight in the foxhole if we don't even know who they are. We need team to advance the cause of spiritual freedom. And last but not least, and then I won't call the band back today. Bravery and courage to be victorious in battle to advance the cause of spiritual freedom. Please hear me. I believe we're going to need more bravery and courage than we've ever needed before. I had a dramatic conversion to Christ in the late 70s. And you know what? Christianity was fairly popular. Think back, my friends. Those of you who are old enough and most of us in here are. Think back 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years. And think about the faith in Christianity. And really, in some ways, how popular it was and how accepted it was and how people weren't really afraid to talk about it and they could stand up. How many of you know we're in an intense battle and the battle is raging? They, they talk about all kinds of phobias. Okay, homophobic and Islamic phobic. You know what we are today in America? We're Christian phobic. We're afraid of Jesus. We're afraid of the Bible. We're afraid of morality. We're afraid of truth. Because then somehow somebody gets excluded. If God is God, there's truth. If God is God, there's absolutes. And it's going to take incredible courage on an individual basis and on a church basis to stand up for truth. What if they come in here right now and they say, if you're a church, then you're going to have to open your doors to this and this and this and this and this. If not, we're going to shut you down. What are we going to do? We better have God's bravery and better have courage and say, hey, whatever you want to say, I'm still going to follow and stand up 
for my spiritual freedom and declare there is salvation in no other name under heaven by which men shall be saved. And I believe in this holy book and I'm going to stand up, but I'm going to need you. You're going to need me and we're going to need bravery and we're going to need courage. And it's coming, my friends. We may never need it more than it. We need it right now. So happy Fourth of July. I want you to enjoy the fireworks. I want you to enjoy the hamburgers. Watch the hot dogs. They're not very good for your health. Eat all the potato salad you can. But remember, our battle for spiritual freedom includes purpose and mission and authority and training and weaponry and responsibility and team and bravery and courage. Would you stand on your feet with me? If tomorrow all the things were gone, work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. There ain't no doubt.
Happy Fourth of July. God bless the USA.